Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver. I'm here alongside my good friend Nick Ferguson. I'm George Stoya with the Denver Gazette. Nick. It's been a week, man. We haven't talked. We haven't talked in a while. What's going on, man? Did you enjoy some of the uh, the playoff games this past weekend? Yeah, I did. And uh, the one of all the games, the one I enjoyed the most. I don't know about you, but I enjoy the Chargers Jags game, right? Because here's what I knew, right? And, and, and tell me if you knew this as well. I know some members of Broncos country. They they know where I'm coming from. We knew the Chargers were going to charge it. Like we let's get that out of the way. We knew. That was going to happen. And watching them play the Denver Broncos the week before, I saw some glaring issues in the, in, in the week be, prior to that against the Rams that it really exposed this Brandon Staley team on both sides of the ball, but more importantly on the defensive side of the ball. And it was a matter of whether the Jackson, Doug Peterson, were going to take advantage of it. To see the game start out where the Chargers had a 27-7 to lead going into the half, you know, most – People thought the game was over. Just look at Twitter. It was like the game was over. The Chargers did what they needed to do, and, and the Jags revealed their true identity. But they say that a, a, a leopard can't change their spots, but the Jags did. They came roaring back, and I was so excited. But the thing that got me was uh, on social media, it was, well, Joey Bosa caused the Chargers that particular game. And I was like, no, he didn't. I mean, obviously, he was held. He shouldn't have thrown his helmet on the ground, and he shouldn't say any, any, something to the refs 
uh, prior to that. But at the same time, I mean, you win and lose as a team, but but the Chargers, man, I, I knew it. I was just waiting. I was like, this is a tradition, right? This is a tradition. They did it under Marty uh, Schottenheimer. Uh, they did it under Norb Turner. So it was just, hey, man, repeat the same thing under Brandon Staley. So I knew that was going to happen, but that, that 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 was exciting. That was the most exciting part of uh, this past weekend's games. Yeah, what's the saying? The Chargers are going to charge her. Um, that was a, an all-time uh, charging collapse, right? Um, that was <laughs> that was, and you saw it coming, right? Like, yeah, I saw it, was, it I coming. I think it was in the right before halftime when the uh, the ja- when the Jags they're down twenty-seven nothing. They go down and they score right before half, and I was like immediately, I was like, "Yep, they're going to lose." I was like, "This is it." And obviously, they had a bunch of things, you know, a, a bunch of things bounce their way in the second half. Uh, the Jaguars, that is, and and obviously Trevor Lawrence played magnificent down the stretch, and you had the Bosa situation. Like you said, I don't blame him. Obviously, it was a big play in the game, but it wasn't all his fault that they lost. I mean, they gave up a 27-point lead. I mean, how about Brandon Staley, the guy who uh, is supposed to be Mr. Aggressive, go for it on fourth down. Uh, he kicks a field goal there uh, with, what well, I think it was eight minutes left. They're up 10, and uh, it's like fourth and two, fourth and three. And if you go for it and you're in plus territory and you go down and you score a touchdown, the game's over. I mean, it's they're going to win the game if they go score a yeah. touchdown there. They kick a field goal. He misses the field goal, and uh, which has been a problem for them all years, is they've had like kind of a rotating uh, door at uh, kicker. And then obviously uh, the Jaguars go right down the field, score, get the two-point conversion, get the ball back, kick the field goal, and win the game. So uh, classic Chargers game. Some of the other games, 49ers, Seahawks, um, you know, that was a good one um, until the fourth quarter. Um, the Bengals-Ravens game, oh, my God, the ending of that game uh, with, with the fumble return, that was nuts. Uh, Giants-Vikings, the Vikings were frauds. We knew it all along. Uh, <laughs> the Giants the Giants look legit, man. And that's one thing, too, and, and we're going to get into some of this coaching search, but I thought it was interesting, even Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. You saw a lot of first-time head coaches in the playoffs, Nick. Um, and a lot of these guys have turned their franchises around or their teams around within one year. And, and a lot of it with guys that maybe people didn't think, um, you know, could be, uh, you know, top players in the league. I mean, you look at what Mike McDaniel was able to do with Skylar Thompson. They almost take down the bills. Obviously Skylar Thompson's not the quarterback of the future for Miami, but right. what he was able to do with him. Um, and also just that Dolphins team this year was impressive. You look at Brian Dayball. Uh, and what he's been able to do um, in um, in New York and what he's done with Daniel Jones, a guy that a lot of people was like, this guy is not the guy. He's he can't you know be a franchise quarterback. And now you're talking about signing him to you know a multi-year deer, de- deal with the Giants. So I think that it's kind of a and even the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell. I think it, all those guys are kind of a sign of hope, I guess I would say, maybe for the Broncos in terms of. Um, you know, uh, 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 if you get the right guy in here, they can turn things around. So, um, you know, the Broncos are, are in the heart of their coaching search, Nick. Let's let's get into a little bit of that. Uh, this week, they've got four more interviews. They, they had four interviews yet last week. Um, Jim Harbaugh, Jiro Evero, uh, Jim Caldwell, and David Shaw. Jim Harbaugh no longer in the race, Nick. Uh, that was announced yesterday. And this week, they've got Sean Payton this morning, literally as we speak, I believe, He'll be interviewing here soon. Uh, Raheem Morris uh, and then Dan Quinn later in the week and D'Amico Ryan. So, Nick, what, where 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 do things stand with the Broncos coaching search in your mind? 
Well, I always thought, George, that it was a three-horse race uh, to begin with, even though you're bringing in a multitude of different uh, candidates for the job. I always thought it was uh, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and Dan Quinn, not in any particular order. But when it comes to uh, Jim Harbaugh, I-, I never really felt as though Jim Harbaugh was just kind of really into becoming the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. We know about the Stanford connection with Greg Penner and Condoleezza Rice. They brought in David Shaw almost even to double down on this idea of Jim Harbaugh. But it was basically, you know, his job. Let's be totally honest. I feel in my heart of heart that it was basically Jim Harbaugh's job to lose. But here's what he did. And, 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 I th- and we talked about this before. I just thought that this was going to be an opportunity by, you know, Jim Harbaugh to bump up his, his status with the organization. And the organization I'm talking about, obviously, the Michigan Wolverines. And to know that Ward Manuel, who is uh, the athletic director, uh, I guess uh, that, that's his position uh, there at the school, they didn't really talk that much. I think it was uh, the school's president who really, you know, had the conversation with Harbaugh about coming back. And I think he posted the news on, on Twitter. But I never felt as though Harbaugh was really into it because last year he interviewed for the Minnesota job and he didn't get the job. And he told uh, Ward Manuel, the athletic director, hey, man, this is a one and done situation. I'm not going to do this again. I tested the waters. Nothing happened. Kevin O'Donnell got the job. So I'm done. I'm committed to Michigan. Only to get back to the college football playoffs yet again. And he saw what was happening. It was a tsunami of support for him. And and the Michigan Wolverines were on the national stage again. And he thought like, hmm, I can fit this $7 million contract into more money. And that's exactly what he did. He used the Broncos as leverage against Michigan because they knew, well, since Brady Hope, he was the only one that had an enormous amount of success. And they didn't want to lose that. And just think about it, right? I mean, with college football, the way that it is, and I know with NILs, most coaches are afraid of it. But he's done a masterful job of navigating that landscape. And they have a good thing going at Michigan right now. So why, why would you leave that to go to the NFL? Yeah, it may seem like a large payday, but now he's, he's probably going to get a much larger payday from Michigan for staying. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I I don't know what to think with the whole Harbaugh deal, Nick. I, it's one of those situations where, you know, part of me thinks he used it for leverage. Part of me thinks maybe he is being genuine about, you know, he just didn't know what he wanted. And so his heart's in Michigan. I, I just think that this is a thing that's going to happen every single year with this guy. And whether it's the Broncos or whatever jobs come open next year, like it's just going to be a constant thing where, He's, you know, kind of playing this game, whereas, oh, maybe I will come back or maybe I will go to the NFL or whatever it may be. All I know is I'm kind of glad it's over. And while I, yes, I thought it would have been a great hire for the Broncos to get Jim Harbaugh, I just don't think you want to hire somebody that 
you know, is one foot, one foot in, one foot out, and you just don't know what he really wants. Uh, and everything has, has shown us that he kind of um, doesn't know what he wants. And I don't think you want an indecisive person for right. the job. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think that in the end, it'll be fine for the Broncos, but it does make the search a little bit more interesting, right? I mean, I think he was a guy that, like you said, Nick, he was one of their top targets. I mean, there's a reason he was one of the first interviews, right? Um, and, and one of the guys that they were very interested in and, and somebody that's very well, well respected. I think now the, the the focus turns to, I know a lot of people were putting out there yesterday, well, now they have to go all in on Sean Payton. I don't think that's necessarily true. Obviously, I think Sean Payton, you know, rockets to the top of the list if he was not already there for the Broncos. Uh, but I think it also makes it a little bit more interesting because I don't know what Sean Payton's going to do either, right? He's interviewing for all these jobs. Uh, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some convincing, I think, on the Broncos end to get him. But I think it also opens the door, Nick, and, and we can get into this a little bit if you want. I think I, I know we've all talked about they got to get a guy with experience. They got to get, you know, somebody who's a culture changer and all this stuff. I think it opens the door maybe to uh, looking at some of these first time head coaches. I know that they, you know, a lot of people don't think the Broncos should go in that direction, but I still am a big advocate for somebody like a D'Amico Ryans. Obviously a lot of the players are in support of Evero uh, and he continues to get more and more interest, but I think Harbaugh exiting the race opens the door to maybe some, some more candidates. Um, Maybe not even on the list. I don't know. Maybe they add one or two more candidates, Um, but I, I do think it makes the search that more interesting. Yeah, it does. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, after I heard the whole news about Harbaugh, you know, somewhat, hey, man, calling uh, Greg Penner and say, you know what, I'm going to head back to, to Michigan. I decided to put up a poll and it's up on, on my Twitter page at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. Uh, be sure to go there and cash your vote. But uh, I put this thing up yesterday and I had Sean Payton, Dan Quinn, Jero Evero and Jim Carwell. I was going to put D'Amico Ryan's uh, on there, but I just wanted to kind of to wait to just kind of get the pulse of what uh, some of the fans are thinking right now. As of uh, I guess 60 seconds ago, uh, Sean Payton is leading with eight, 48 percent, Dan Quinn at 32, Evero at 12 percent, and Jim Caldwell at 8 percent. So even with that, Broncos country, the majority of them are still in love and infatuated with the idea of Sean Payton. Now I know the infatuation with Sean Payton. Okay, well Drew Brees. Uh, he was in the, he's in the league 15 years, and I get that. that that's a long period of time, and that's a, a long dedication and relationship with that Saints organization. And a lot of members of Broncos country, me included, want that to happen. You want a coach that comes in and establishes accountability, discipline, but most importantly, stability for the organization. So we don't have this coaching carousel like we've had this uh, quarterback carousel. But I also would say this, too, because the question was raised to me on Twitter, and, and you, you feel free to answer this question as well. Why are so many people so gun-ho and over the top about Dan Quinn? And I went back and watched uh, or compared the two coaches' uh, coaching records. Obviously, you know, Sean Payton had coached longer as a head coach than Dan Quinn. But here's something that's really interesting, right? You know, Broncos country, they want a Super Bowl. Would you, would you agree? Right. Yes. Yeah. So so if you were to look at the two coaches and say, well, who was able to get to the Super Bowl faster? The answer to that question would be Dan Quinn. He did it in three years. It took Sean Payton five years. So 
depending on who you are in Broncos country and what you feel is the most important thing to you, and it seems as though getting to the Super Bowl is important, well, Dan Quinn did it in, you know, three years. That's two years earlier than Sean Payton. So I don't know if that means anything to you or some members of Broncos country, but but right now, just entertain me for just a second. Does, does that mean or change anything for you when you look at the possibility of Quinn over Sean Payton or vice versa? No, I mean, it's tough. I, I think that when you're looking at the two, obviously Sean Payton has a better track record, was an NFL coach longer, right? Has more experience, won a lot of football games, one of the most winningest coaches uh, in recent history, won a Super Bowl. Of course, though, that was now you know, 17 years ago. Uh, it was 2006, I believe, that he won that that lone Super Bowl. Um, and, and I think what, what appeals, though, to fans and a lot of Broncos people about Sean Payton is his offensive mind. I think that that's what people gets people going is he's an offensive guy. I mean, Russell Wilson called him a wizard, I believe, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. And so I think that that's what people look at and go, well, Sean Payton can fix him. Whereas Dan Quinn, I don't think people are opposed to Dan Quinn. They're just saying, oh, he's a defensive guy. Yeah, he'll come in and do the job. He'll do it well, but he's not that offensive mind. I, I personally think Dan Quinn would be a really good hire. Uh, and you've seen Nick before uh, head coaches that, get fired and get a second, you know, a stint later on, a second job, a second chance later, uh, typically do really well on their second, their second chance. I mean, you look at even Jim Caldwell with the Lions did a really good job in Detroit, right? After getting fired by the Colts in previous years, uh, you look at even Gary Kubiak, right? Uh, who was with the Texans for a long time, comes in to the Broncos, wins the Super Bowl with the Broncos. So you see, I mean, even John Fox, right? Uh, came in and did a really good job with the Broncos as well. So, uh, you, you see second time coaches do a really good job. And I think Dan Quinn would do a really good job and would fit well in what Denver wants to do. So I think either of those guys would be really good hires. I still lean towards if they can get Sean Payton, you get Sean Payton. Um, Cause I do think that there's a better, there's a higher uh, ceiling, I think maybe with Sean Payton uh, or at least a, a, a longer longevity with Sean Payton. I think you could have him for like 10 plus years as your head coach. Whereas Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, maybe you do, but, I think that there's more uh, a better chance of that succeeding under Sean Payton. Anyways, Nick, we got to take a quick break. We will continue this conversation. Uh, we'll also get into some more stuff about this past weekend, what maybe some of these results, what some of these games uh, meant for the Broncos coaching search. Uh, and we will dive into all of that after this quick break. 